very, very good. good. Yes. <laughs> February 1st, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 133, and serve to you bone-in like adults enjoy, I'm Abel Kirby. And putting the D in indie games, I'm Cold Acid. That D belongs there. Man, but indie games... 3D. I'm putting 3D in indie games. Well, it's a special genre. You know, some people like just two of those. Yeah. Meanwhile, 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 there's Zindu out there, and he puts like 53D in. <laughs> He's 53. Uh, I need to. I've made a um, New Year resolution to listen to more Nick the Rat. That's a good resolution. It, it's a favorite show, and it's just hard to listen to sometimes because he's on Wednesday nights, and you know whatever. So. I've yeah, just, we're all tuckered out after after doing our show in the post production. I have a uh, resolution that I'm just going to turn it on and leave it on in the background more often uh, so I get more exposure to that uh, that Nick the Rat radiation coming out of my speakers. I should probably do that. I, I have on my dresser in my bedroom an Android tablet that is set up essentially as an alarm clock. It's even plugged into speakers in my room, right? Because I, because I used to have a pair of... Uh, of the little stereo satellite speakers in the living room. And I had like a five, one system in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And when I got, when I got rid of the TV in the bedroom, right. I decide, okay, I'm going to move these speakers. I'm going to move these speakers down into the living room. What am I going to do with this, with this stereo set? I ended up, you know, putting them in the bedroom, uh, hooking my old Samsung tablet to it. And you know what? It's a good idea. I should I should put on Nick the Rat stream on there when I go to bed, and just let the sultry let the sultry tunes and voice <laughs> of Nick put me to sleep, and then Zindu to wake me up again. So I have speakers positioned around my house in various places. Um, speakers in the bathroom, toilet speakers are a must in the Abel Kirby lifestyle, you've got to have something that can plump, pump out those DBs while you're taking care of business. I could definitely go for some speakers in the shower uh, because because the music coming out of those will definitely be better than music coming out of me. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great thing to have that, especially because there's, you know, you don't want to be playing with your phone and the, the water's too loud. The shower heads are too loud, you know. I had a problem with a loud shower, ha- shower head. Have you ever... Um, had one that was just ridiculously loud because i sure did no i haven't so but uh, i've i've had to have conversations while showering mm -hmm. and yeah having to yell over the shower head because even when they're not loud they're still loud right yes the uh idea that turbulent let's see if if the water was flowing out straight you know in kind of laminar flow it wouldn't make any noise but it's turbulent so that's where the noise it, it, comes yeah from, the right? water's coming out gay huh <laughs> yeah and it's got um if it depending on how turbulent it is that's how uh that's how gay it is or loud it is i guess i don't know depending on who you're asking uh cold acid do you have a gay shower you want to tell me about no <laughs> The oh. <laughs> no, some of these heads are just designed in a poor way, where they have, uh, you know, they cause the heads, turbulence. The heads are designed are designed in a poor way, and the water's not straight coming out of them. Huh? No, 
It's just <laughs> oh, bad. God, we're, we're, we're All right. already going like off the rails. Well, with that, I'm going to I'm going to open up my uh, my little bottle here. You know what I have? I have two things. What do you have? Me. The first thing is a little bottle of Fireball, like a little airplane bottle. And I oh, one of those ones that doesn't actually have any whiskey in it at all? Um, no, I think it's just hangover in a bottle. Uh, they left the whiskey out. And just to compensate for that low-class trash, I actually have a glass of wine. Ah, nice. Mm. Fancy. Well, it's not too fancy. It's an $8 glass of, uh, $8 bottle of wine, so. What was that? Yeah, it's still fancier than, uh, that's still fancier than Fireball. What do you got and there? that was, take a guess, uh, it was, it's in a bottle, it's carbonated, it's fruity, therefore, Haritos! <sighs> we really should get a sponsorship deal with them. I know, right? Why do I keep paying for this when, when they should be, like, you know, giving it to us for free for all this advertising we've been giving them all this time? <laughs> Well, there's uh, breaking news today that I want to cover. It's uh, brand new. <gasps> Everyone needs to know this. We have to get this out there. Have you heard about the biggest news, Cold Acid? No. Well, here we go. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. Oh, yeah, this. I know the process uh, was... Yeah, this is Tom Brady. I clipped this whole thing. It's that important. I want to play the whole clip on the show. Right up front. You Americans in your sports ball. It's Tom Brady, man. We got to play it. Pretty big deal last time. So when yeah. I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So it uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Oh, we love you too, Tom Brady. TB12. You can you can hear the tears in his voice at the end there. <laughs> he did. So apparently he got beat by the Cowboys. He did get beat by the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> maybe he should have. Maybe he should have gone to the Denver Broncos. Ever since that, uh, ever since that episode of The Simpsons with Hank Scorpio, the Broncos have consistently played better than the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> despite the fact that at the time of the episode they were like the worst ranked team in the NFL. And were therefore the butt of a joke at the end of the episode where Homer was given as a gift by Hank Scorpio, the Denver Broncos, when what he really wanted was the Dallas Cowboys. Was How this... about now, Dallas, you fucking losers? Is this from when Oswilder was the uh, the QB for Denver, like right after Banning left? This is a I couple of years this ago, was right? Like, this was like season eight. So we're talking like 25 oh. years ago or something. Okay, so this is a long time ago. Wow. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ancient fucking history. So, Carb Lane's... You know, back when Simpsons was good, man. <laughs> Carb Lane's in the chat pointing out Miley Cyrus needs to console TB12. You hear that, Miley? Did you hear those tears? You've got to go wipe them. Oh, you want to know some other big news? Do you remember Rebecca Black? Yeah, Friday, Friday, Friday. Got to get down on Friday. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Apparently, uh, she is finally going to be releasing her first full-length album next year. Or what? this year. Yeah. Is it? Let me guess. Are there seven songs? 
And are they Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and the Friday? She already did a song Saturday. (laughs) And you know what? She doesn't look bad nowadays. Hmm. Well, she was. Of course, she she's twenty five now. Yeah, she was fifteen ten years ago. Thirteen. She was thirteen when the uh, when the Friday thing happened. <laughs> Friday thing. Would freaky appara- Friday. Apparently, apparently, she's actually she's actually not a bad singer. They did not need to auto tune that video. Hmm. Rebecca Black concert tickets. Jeez. Oh, cool. Well, good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, she she's actually she actually took like all that hate and turned it around. So that that's actually like regardless of what you think of her or her music, she she done good, I think. Mm. Definitely not my sort of music, but I mean I mean like given given where she could have ended up after all of that, I mean the fact that the fact that she is like still making a career out of things and she didn't end up like becoming some gutter slut or committing suicide because of the internet. Right. I mean, she did good. Yeah. And she didn't end up on like the Jojo Siwa circuit kind of shit, you know, at least she's uh, doing better than that. As far as I could tell. So Uh, apparently the album is let her burn and it comes out on the ninth. Wow. That's kind of intense. So that's next Thursday. Do you think it could be like Alanis Morissette when she, before she did Jagged Little Pill, you know, she's more of a, mm, more of a poppy kind of singer. And then she came out with that, that album and it was fucking mean. It was a total change of character. Uh, I wonder if this is her Jagged Little Pill. Is Rebecca Black the new Alanis Morissette? Let's see. Single, singles from, from Let Her Burn. Three have been released so far. Crumbs. Okay. In November, look at you in December, and sick to my stomach in January. Did she ever date David Coulier? I don't know. Uh, we gotta find out. He could be after her. This could be the new big thing. Uh, other songs. Okay, here's here's the track listing. Erase you. Yes. Destroy me. Yes. Misery loves company. Yes. Crumbs. Yes. Doe-eyed. Yes. Sick to my stomach. Yes. What am I going to do with you? Absolutely. Cry hard enough. Mm-hmm. Look at you mm-hmm. and perform her. Oh, she's been and with Dave. And for the, for what's, for the singles that have been released, she has a writer credit on all of them. Oh my God. Which is more than could be said for Friday, where the entire song was written and all she did was perform and be in that stupid video where it shows her driving with her friends she wasn't hold on cold acid she was not driving she was kicking in the front seat yeah okay she was (laughs) kicking in the front seat right you got me Mm. oh dear well we've got some uh people who've been kicking as you said, this could be her jagged little pill. It could from the be. sound of it. I'm super excited. I want this to be like, um, you know, like when Lord did her album and it was kind of dark, but then it also sucked. I want it to be like that, except better. Speaking of that, I, I heard something recently that uh, that during that during World Series some time ago. Uh, Kansas City Royals was against who was it? Again, I think it was San Francisco, and the song Royals 
was banned in the city during that time. Of course, it wasn't banned at all in Kansas City. Hmm. And they were playing it constantly there. Well, we had a uh, a boost jump in, and I wanted to see if uh, we could take a quick break and uh, do the uh, donations for because we've got some stuff that's to make not, up. That's not taking a break, but yeah, we we got uh, we got donations to run through, don't we? Yeah, we got to run through some stuff. I, I'm all discombobulated. I've been I was late to get home today. I was late to leave work. Jeez, I've been 15 minutes late for every single thing today, including this show. Uh, but right, we're making well, we're compressing. We we're start, making time up, right? Start- Shall we start chronologically? Well, let me do my rundown first. So we got, this is Rare okay. Encounter, the Rare Encounter program. We do it every seven, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. RareEncounter.net, you can find out all the deets. And uh, we're a value-for-value value show. It means we don't uh, charge you anything to listen. But if you kick some uh, some value back our way, we appreciate that. And we'll read you your name on the show. And there's a couple to start with. Uh, Cole, do you want to read them or do you want me to? Yeah, so the first is one that we actually missed two weeks ago. From Jim, who sent our way $43.21 USD, but didn't leave us a message as far as I can tell. Yes, Jim. Thank you, Jim, for this uh, wonderful donation of $43.21. That, by the way, I think is going to make Jim the executive producer for this episode. Yes, it makes him the executive producer. Produced by Jim. We had some other other donations, too, uh, if I recall correctly. Yep. You want to read the next one? Yeah, we got uh, $22.22 from Serpent, who's uh, always hanging out in the chat, too. Um, Serpent uh, sent an email uh, along with this uh, donation with a note to read. It says, what's up, you horny, cranky geeks? M-dash. Been a while since I last gave value to y'all for your shenanigans. Keep it up! Exclamation point. Also, comment to Abel Kirby, colon, Jenny... M dash pronounced like the girl you're calling eight six seven five three zero nine for M dash is low hyphen rent swill that is sold in thirty da- thirty hyphen six packs in Western NY, which is the state abbreviation for New York grocery stores. M dash serpent. Th- hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. 36 packs. Wouldn't that be like a one eighty pack? <laughs> thirty packs, not thirty six packs. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> also, times. I love you reading out the. Uh, I love you reading out the punctuation like that. We need more punctuation in our lives. Yeah i I got into dis- a discussion recently about the difference between m dashes, n dashes, and hyphens. It was very particular about them. So I'm. Uh, yes, yes, they they have their own individual uses, and woe be he who uses them incorrectly. Absolutely, I'm in favor of this. We also get boosts on the show from. Uh, People who use a podcasting 2.0 app, you can send sats directly to us with notes. They're called boostograms. Yeah. Some people we got were, one from we got one from our fellow podcaster, Boobery. Three thousand three hundred thirty-three sats from Boobery saying, uh, just had a rare-ish encounter with 350 milligrams of edibles. Quote, oh wow, the inevitable heat death of the universe tastes like just like the inevitable heat death of the universe. And what does that taste like? I believe it tastes like the inevitable heat death of the universe. I believe it tastes like revenge. Cold. <laughs> yes, a dish best served cold. According By to way, did you Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Did you see did you see my Snake Girl semaphore today? Um yeah, I retweeted it. I did. Yeah, it, it has it has an actual Snake Girl. It does. In a 2D yeah. platformer kind of thing. 
Yes. What is this from? Machinima.com? That's a blast no, from the past. Well, because the uh, because the video was watermarked, uh, unfortunately, I guess the original unwatermarked video couldn't be found f- by the guy who stitched together all the now lost Xbox Live Indie Games episodes of Two Best Friends Play. Okay. Interesting. And so, okay. so you've never heard of, have you never heard of Two Best Friends Play? Is that the one with um, Ego Raptor and uh, JonTron used to be on it? I think I've seen that. No. Um, Matt McMuscles, Pat, Wooly, and Liam, the uh, the otaku slash weeaboo. Uh, no, different guys then. Okay, no, I haven't seen it. Different guys, yeah. No, this was this was a pretty this was a pretty fun series where they would play games and like insult each other or the games while they're playing them. And well, there's a lot to insult with Xbox Live indie games. I remember I remember this from from back in the days, but like around 2006, Microsoft came out with this thing called XNA, XNA framework, which Uh-oh. was a way to make video games using C Sharp or Visual Basic.net with this managed wrapper around DirectX. And you could put your games on the Xbox 360, although until 2008, it would just be on your own local Xbox. You still had to pay to be able to do that. Mm, and yeah. then 2008, they created the Xbox Live Indie Games, not really storefront, but like, you know, like uh, like a special section within the Xbox marketplace where you could pay like a buck to like 250 later on to like five, right? For these games that were like pretty small, mm-hmm. but uh, were able to have like pretty much anything uh, short of, like, just being instant crashers. There's this, like, really lightweight process where you put out you put out your game and a bunch of people would beta test it and then they would have to do a review and if there were if there were enough, like, reviews that said, yes, this runs, this isn't what it doesn't claim to be anything like that, then it could go up on the marketplace. Well, just like all the shovelware that used to come on CDs and the shit that you find these days on Steam, there were a lot of stinkers. You know Sturgeon's <laughs> Law, how like 90% of everything is shit? Yep. This, this had like Sturgeon's Law squared. It was like 99% of everything was shit. Mm. And so these... These videos that uh, that two best friends did, right, going through these, they did six of them, like, about one a year for, like, six years, and, like, they hated doing them because so many of these games were just terrible. There were a few that they were super hype about, though, but, uh, yeah, like... <laughs> this this is not what I pictured when I was thinking of a fun afternoon of video gaming. To put it simply. <laughs> no, I'm uh, very familiar with XNA. Uh, I used to use that. And in fact, when I was in uh, college, 
that was part of the curriculum for one of the classes. Uh, it wasn't a, a big part of the curriculum, but they had that on the side. Uh, some of the IEEE members, uh, there was a student chapter, had kind of a strong presence in uh, development for the Xbox 360, and that's where I learned some of it. We actually had... Um, you know, controllers and the uh, the wireless. I, I didn't actually, I never personally did anything that ran on the 360, but what you could also do is get these things to run on uh, DirectX on a Windows PC. And that's what I mainly Well, yeah, did. I mean, naturally, and that's what most people did. Although, I mean, even, even some of the stuff that I've done uh, at least was originally XNA-based. So one of the games that I did in the past for... Toe Jam was done with XNA, and later on I ported it over to Monogame, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, so I made use of it too. There was uh, there was some neat stuff. Yeah, it was a good introduction. And yeah, it was a it was a good way to be able to do game development without having to deal with all the low level nitty gritty. I mean. If you want, if you want performance, yeah, you you're gonna write in C or C plus plus. But if you just wanted to make like, you know, like some simple simple indie game, or even later on, like more complex games were coming out. Look at Bastion. Mm. That was uh, that was originally built using XNA. The kinds and of that was that was a fucking great game, Bastion. Actually, what XNA brought uh, that I hadn't done. I obviously had done some game dev before, and I'd worked with. Uh, like you, the Torque gaming engine, game engine, but I didn't have the original thing. It was mas- basically mods for other games. Um, W3D was a Westwood <laughs> 3D uh, game engine that Command & Conquer Renegade was in, and I worked in that a little bit. But it was basically modding. You know, you weren't starting from scratch. And the thing that uh, XNA introduced me to was the idea that, you no, know, there isn't any code that tells you how to move a camera where it should be. And you have to come up with basically a little control system that you can say, hey, point the camera to the left, and I don't want it to snap there. I want it to gradually glide over and have satisfying yeah, movements. Well, that kind of stuff here, I've never thing, done before. Here's one of the things fascinating. with that, right? Here's one of the things with that. When, you are, when you're taking, like, when you're just doing a mod on, on, like, an existing game, right, even if it's a total conversion, you're very much locked down to the expectations of the developers of that game, right? And even when you take even when you take like a game engine that's more general, right? Like a lot of the a lot of the engines are tuned towards specific genres of games, right? Like oh, yeah. the torque the torque engine, like if you're using that, <laughs> chances are you're going to you're making some sort of shooter game, you're right? Making- because that's that's essentially what it was what it was designed for. A jank right? shooter, a janky shooter games. Stuff where nothing really plays right. That's Torque Gaming Engine. But uh but the thing the thing is, right? Like if you if you want to do something that's like totally left field in terms of genre and stuff, right? You're not necessarily going to find an engine you can start building on, right? So you're actually going to be working from essentially first principles on how your game's going to work. Most cases, most cases, there is an engine out there that will that will help you. If you're if you're making some sort of like 2D casual game, I mean there's there's a fuck ton of different engines out there going to like the stuff that PopCap used to make their games. Uh Flash back in the day. Oh right? man. And and like a whole bunch of others. 
And if you're making if you're making different 3D games, there's various different engines out there for that as well. Some are great for shooters, some are great for flight sims, some are great for strategy games or RPGs, but you know, like they each essentially have their their niche of genres or game styles that they work best with. Right. Using something like XNA or or working off of like the Andrew Lamoth book, uh Secret Tricks of the Windows Game Programming Gurus, which I still have on my shelf, by the way. Right, you're you're learning how to build an engine from like the ground up. You're you're like learning about okay, here's how you draw triangles on the screen, and here's how you texture them. Right, you're you're not working with an existing platform. You're creating that platform for your game. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Stuff. Now I'm I'm going off and off and and like we've we've spun off, but like some of these games, I actually know or at least used to know a developer. Who, a couple of his games were in these videos. Okay, and uh, and actually they weren't like they're actually fun games. Uh, one of them. I'm gonna hit A to experience the miracle of childbirth. Are you, you not, ready? I'm not. You're totally unready. Flatly Just like your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was when they were playing Baby Maker Extreme, <laughs> which was which was a game that was on Xbox Live Indie Games by a guy named Daniel Steger of Stegersaurus Games. And it was, you you remember Nanaka Crash, right? Of course. It was like that, but with the miracle of childbirth. <laughs> instead of instead of a dude being hit by a girl on a bike, it's a baby that's just popped out with extreme prejudice from a woman's vag. So this is you know you control the angle of uh, of attack or something the the elevation angle and the uh, the power behind it. And then you do a yeah, kind essentially, of a launch. Essentially, by you'd use the tr you'd use the triggers right to for contractions, and then you'd mash a button to uh, <laughs> to like build up the strength for launching that baby across the hospital. <laughs> and if you bought the game, and it was like two bucks, right? You could you could launch the baby so powerfully that it would punch through brick wall at the end of the hospital and go out into the wide world. Oh no. This is this sounds like the progenitor for a table flip except with a baby. <laughs> yeah, you I'm I'm putting this I'm putting this compilation video in in the show notes. You you got to watch it. I mean, I mean even the stinkers in this video are great just for just for the reactions. Ah, <sighs> so the it's other the other game the other game that he made is available on Steam, and it was actually originally created one year at Toe Jam and turned into something saleable, and... It's more dick physics than I expected. Yes. Is this... Oh, can Big I guess? Can floppies. I guess? Oh, yeah. okay. Go ahead. You already said it. Yeah. No, I'm saying... I'm saying, yeah, you can guess. Oh, the title? Um, is this, uh, jeez. I had it on the tip of my tongue. Now I don't have it anymore. I know the game you're talking about. Yeah. Mount Hang your, your friends. friends. Mount your friends. There you go. Hang your friends. Yep. yep. Mount your friends. With the most amazing dick physics in video gaming. Yes. This is a uh, pretty fun party game, by the way. It is. 
As long as you uh, go to it's cool a game, party. It's 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 homoerotic quap. Don't bring don't bring it to church parties. Uh maybe other No, parties. don't bring it don't bring it to church parties at all. <laughs> homoerotic quap is pretty good, you know? I like that. Yeah. And yeah, it's a it's a hell of a lot of fun. I I actually wasted quite a bit of time back when it was new playing it because it was just it was just so hilarious and such a such a concept that you couldn't you couldn't stop playing. And I mean not just not just because like the hypnotic qualities of the dong swinging around, but I mean it's just it's just a fun game. The the dick physics are just like the icing on the cake. And this from a straight guy. There's been a couple. There's another really weirdo game where you, where it's like disembodied penises are rolling around, and that's like what the player characters are, and you have to like eat spheres, I think, to grow longer. It's really fucked up. I need to find oh, out what Jesus that is. Christ. You would, it's you like, might it's enjoy like, it. It's like Snake, but with dicks. A multiplayer. Multiplayer Snake with peni. Yes. Now there is another game. This is this is probably one of the best quotes from their original XBLIG video. I swear to God, if I ever run into the guy who made this, I'm gonna make him play it. <laughs> <laughs> the game's so bad he would force the developer to play it. Was himself. that a choo-choo trade? Was no, it wasn't. It was the, it was the sound <laughs> the sound when you like scored a hit. With your, what's the way to, laser lance, I guess? <laughs> the, game, the game was called Alderman. Okay. And you were, you were riding a horse, and there'd be, like, these strings of guys on horses that'd be going, like, back and forth, left and right across the street, street screen, not street, and you had a lance, but it wasn't like you're running into people with it. It was, like, shooting red lasers at, at the other stuff. This is not what an Alderman does. No, it isn't. It isn't <laughs> anything close to what an, an alderman does. An, an, an alderman is like an old guy who sits around town hall and, and, and makes a <laughs> part of the legislative body. He's kind of like a yeah. selectman, you know? What is yeah. this? Well, a selectman is really just uh, just a type of alderman. After all, alderman came first. Mm, I see. Yeah. Now there's another there's another thing that I grabbed another quote from. There was another game that they showed where it was like Punch Out, but with lol cows from like the years before the game was made. Okay. And and like the first one was you remember the 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 don't the the guy who was crying about like people like making fun of Britney Spears. Yeah, leave Britney alone. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the first boss? This is bordering on, like, hate crime the video game, basically. <laughs> yeah, I love that quote. I just love that quote. Hate crime the video game. Hate crime the video game. And also, I love the miracle of childbirth quote. I, I've actually got a shorter version for the soundboard. I'm gonna hit A to experience the miracle of childbirth. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's just good. But yeah, there's, some like, some of the games that people made were, like, Essentially, full. Mo there were a couple that were shown that were like full motion video, quick time event games. It's like, holy fuck, did I die and go back to the age of 3DO and Sega CD? Mm. Wow, there's some uh, there's some good stuff out and there that that's yeah, just there, gone. There are also some there are also some like 
horrible like faces like the game the games that have like the the 3d the 3d women that have like huge tits and ass and then when you look at their face it's like oh god what the fuck <laughs> so there's an o face that's going into the show notes uh from one of those games that was ascent it was essentially a uh it was essentially a uh ghouls and goblins clone with a big tit big ass uh big hoop earring girl carrying around a teddy bear mm. well if uh i've got i've got an adjacent topic that we can move Uh-oh. to yeah because when i was doing some of this video game basically 3d dev the first time i really had to do 3d dev and really think about vectors and coordinate transforms and uh, local frames and stuff like that that was in school and it turned it turned out to be pretty good that i played with that uh development kit back then because it turned into a important part of my career i've been doing a little bit of this uh work lately um just dealing with you know spatial coordinates i've actually been doing mapping sorts of stuff uh, a lot of like wgs84 kind of uh projections of stuff Anyway, uh, I wanted to check some math, and I went on to uh, one of these websites, Casio.com. Turns out it has a uh, just a Cartesian to spherical coordinate calculator. I just wanted to make sure that I had um, kind of my coordinate system was right-handed and everything was was done right. So I popped into this uh, website just to just to use it as a reference, check a couple points, make sure my code was doing what it was supposed to do. And uh, I thought I'd share this for a particular reason. I, I dropped the link inside the rare encounter. Uh, uh, chat room. Uh, do you have it cold? Yep. Yep. So this is kind of cool. Uh, Casio has a site, and it's one of these little utility sites. You can put in an XYZ coordinate and then uh, click execute, and you'll get a spherical coordinate, you know, in uh, uh, radius and then theta and phi. And anyway, that's a little bit aside. It also gives you this handy little reference that shows you the uh, the trigonometric functions that you need to to invoke. Uh, to to do the same processing yourself. But at the bottom of this uh, website, there is a customer voice uh, tab. And below that, there's people who are making comments about how they're using this little calculator. And so I... I thought this was pretty interesting. It's like people saying what they're doing Cartesian to spherical transforms uh, for. And so I was reading through, and there's a couple that just caught my eye. Uh, Do you see the... Validating uh, software. Yeah, some of them are pretty validated. There's a lot of homeworks. Homework, homework explanation, check work, homework, homework. There's one really close to the bottom. It is uh, is from 2014, (laughs) uh, February 8th. At 9 p.m., a little bit after 9 p.m., and it is someone who I is identified themselves as 60-year-old, level or over, a homemaker, and very. I don't know what those are supposed to be. <laughs> but anyway, the purpose of use, they report, says, convert recipe from four servings to eight. Worked well. And this was befuddling. <laughs> Because I don't understand what the hell recipe. Now, I've read, you know, I, I used to maybe, get Cook's maybe Illustrated. They were, <laughs> maybe right? they were, maybe the, maybe the ingredients for the recipe, like, like stated <laughs> something like five, five inch sphere of chocolate. 
it might be at like, okay, so to grate the lemon, you know, maybe we're putting lemon zest, put them at XYZ, put the grater at XYZ coordinate, you know, and it tells you where on the lemon it is. You say, well, I don't know, what angle should I hold the lemon? I've got to use the calculator, right? Is that it? What kind of recipe was this guy doing? So if you go over to the to the questionnaire tab there, uh, so age, occupation, useful question mark. Yeah, and so so very means it was very useful. Right. Here's it another. Was, here's another guy. He said he used this calculator to find out how old my dog is. That guy's just a joke. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a joke. Yeah. So. Ah, the fr the the oldest one. From June 2013, 50 years old level, self-employed people, very, programming a geographical laser measuring system. Kick ass. I love it. I know, right? Yes. That's now, pretty cool. No, he's he's pretty cool. Uh, some of these people are not too cool. I mean, there's the people who just say homework. Okay, I get it. You're doing homework. Thanks for letting us know. Now, the people who can't spell homework, they okay. worry me a little bit. Yeah, like the thought they might Number be designing a bridge later, <laughs> you know. Okay, but for, first of all, I mean, I mean, like you're an engineer. My brother's an engineer. Um, my brother's writing. Uh, you would think he was a doctor writing prescriptions, <laughs> and his spelling, I mean, is okay when he's got a spell checker. It's uh, not so good otherwise. I don't think proper spelling is that important outside of like actual like drafting and legal documents that you'd have to sign off on i just i didn't see this one before there's another comment purpose of use for this calculator the purpose of use is to work out the distance between the moon and new york on 12th november 1866 ah you saw that one too that's a pretty good one so uh, the one the one next to it needs spherical understanding for understanding relation between <laughs> magnets and electricity. Very, very, very good. good. Yes. <laughs> spherical understanding. I need spherical understanding. Yes. A retired people. <laughs> so anyway, this I, I thought this was amusing. It's um, slightly interesting. And I didn't expect to see it on this website. I've, uh, I've, I oh, really brightened my day. Oh, the recent one. Finding the spherical coordinates of Earth with respect to lunar fixed frame. Nice. That's a nice one. And the one, the one before it? Developing procedural content generation systems for Blender. Very nice. Very nice. Now, that's something that's awesome. Procedurally generated stuff is... Uh, it's, it's the kind of thing that... Uh, it's very cool if you're doing it, like you get really into it and trying to make your procedurally generated shit better and better and better. So, and so when you're working on it, it's like the best thing you've ever done. But if you're on the other side, it sucks because no one's procedurally generated world has ever been fun or interesting to interact with. But I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people enjoyed, uh, a lot of people enjoyed Arena enough that, uh, enough that Bethesda was able to make a uh, Daggerfall, which also was all procedurally generated, which was popular enough to to have Morrowind go into production. Mm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Arena in Arena, Tamriel is about the size of Europe, 
And even in Daggerfall, you've got you've got land you've got land the size of Great Britain, mm. right? To go through. Now, yeah, there's a lot of repetitive things. There's a lot of like dungeons that are like got like hyperspace designs where where shit like if you actually laid it out in the real world would be overlapping itself, right? But I mean, they were they were some uh, pretty popular games. Mm. Even if they were incredibly buggy, I've never enjoyed it. Let me, I'll I'll retract my statement and replace it with mine, uh, uh, my opinion, which is that I just don't like the stuff that much. Um, some of these are fun to play a little bit, but it's they, they're they always just uh, feel like they always feel soulless eventually. You need to play more NetHack then. <laughs> NetHack. That's another one and, that I could never and, get into. And Dwarf Fortress. All right. I played a um, a non-Euclidean roguelike game, uh, and I cannot that remember the damn name of it, but it was- Non-Euclidean uh, roguelike game that- You've probably heard of uh, it. It's when you, when you, famous. When you take in like the different levels up and down into, into consideration- that doesn't really narrow the field. I think it was Hyper Rogue. Yeah, it was Hyper Rogue. That was the name of it. It's a uh, it's kind of a fun game where you you're on this grid. The whole world's kind of fucky. It's difficult well, to Well, that's uh, roguelike for you. Well, it's also it's also non-Euclidean geometry. So it's like weird there's weird things like if you walk around a um a fence, you know, you can walk all the way around it in a couple moves, but when you go inside like the area is giant. You know, it's it's how very crafty it is very cool how dis, the distorted perspectives that you get um, that you can you can only experience moving around these uh, non Euclidean geometries. It's uh, now it, when you when you think about that, uh, you can think about a lot of a lot of computer RPGs the same way, though, because I mean, you look did you ever play Neverwinter Nights? You'd be wandering I, I around. Did, you'd be wandering around the city, and you'd go. You'd enter a building, and inside that building could be just as large of that like area of the city you had just <laughs> yeah. been in, right? So, so yeah, like hyperspace buildings. I mean, is is kind of just like uh, an accepted trope because it makes it makes life easier on developers and players because of you know. The law of conservation of detail. Mm, I remember Neverwinter Nights. Wow, that's a blast from the past. Um, it was. I never had it, but I had a couple friends who had it, and they would. I played a couple times when I was visiting with them. Um, that was a really fun um, game to at least for the parts that I played. You know, I would jump in and play their uh, play around for a bit, take a turn, and uh, that's how you used to experience video games back then. I... You know. I got bored of it really quickly, but I loved fucking around in the tool set. Mm. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Well, I've got, uh, wanna, I got you, I got some high energy oh, stuff. You want to move to that? I, I was gonna I was gonna suggest doing a bit of a cold read from this issue of Electronic Entertainment from August nineteen ninety four. Okay, um, it has it has sure. a very interesting uh, cover feature. Cyber sex. Too hot to handle? All right, you want me to start? Uh, sure. All right. Uh, I'll, actually, let me read the warning, and then you read, you read the first part. 
because there is a warning on on the first page of this where it has a picture of a of a woman in uh, well, she's wearing gloves and a really short skirt that looks like it might actually be shorter than her hips <clears throat> and a white shirt. And it looks like it's under one of those like UV glow lights. Hey, she's wearing a black thong underneath, so it's safe. Okay. I, I inspected. Uh, I'm sure you did. Warning. This article discusses sexual activity and other interactions between and by consenting adults. If you find these topics questionable, stop reading now. Not recommended for readers under 18. <coughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> the woman of your dreams appears in front of you. Do you want to touch me? She asked. Yes, you say. You point to the part of her body you want to caress, and she moans as masculine hands meet feminine skin. This tender moment from the forthcoming CD-ROM, Virtual Vixens, represents the oriented products. Will it end? Nope, nope. Oh, just represents the, oh, mainstream. You see, Cold Acid, these, this typography doesn't fit on my browser when I zoom in. I have to scroll down. There we Ah. go. Represents the mainstream feature of the electronic interactivity. But will X-rated software reach the mainstream or, like other adult-oriented products, Will it end up in the seedy part of town, hidden behind black curtains in dingy stores? You want me to keep going? I can do two paragraphs, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do, and then you can do two. How about that? You just did two paragraphs. I'll do three then. Okay. It's easy to forget that the erotic materials helped jumpstart the video age. When people first brought video camcorders and VCRs, it was the same thing, says Chuck Zane of Zane Interactive, which co-produced Virtual Vixens with Pixis Interactive. They'd show little Susie's birthday party, then Dad would go back to his den and look at X-rated stuff. Your turn. Not only that, but Mom and Dad would record their own X-rated stuff with the uh, home video camcorders. Mm. Even in the computer era, sex-related software titles were some of the earliest success stories. Back in 1981, soft porn, an all-text, floppy-based program floppy. from online systems, yeah, <laughs> floppy, <laughs> was popular on Apple computers. Online systems eventually became Sierra Online, and some of soft porn's puzzles were incorporated into the first Leisure Suit Larry, one of Sierra's all-time <laughs> bestsellers. Says Larry's creator, Al Lau, Soft porn sold 25,000 copies at a time when there was only 100,000 Apple IIs in the world. Allowing for widespread pirating, Lau says, we figured just about everyone had one. It wasn't even interesting, Lau adds. Despite the fact that in order to win soft porn, players had to engage in such adventures as sadomasochism, prostitution, and even marriage. Oh no. It was very boring. But it had sexual content. <laughs> Fast forward to 1992, when the first full-length QuickTime movie came out. No, it wasn't The Beatles' A Hard Day's Night. <laughs> I like that. It was Andrew Blake's House of Dreams, an epic tale of sexual fantasies that had previously been a sales and re- rental champion on videotape. Who the fuck rented porn? Interactive? Hardly. A small, grainy, jerky, quick-time video jerky uh, window play. 
<laughs> played back on a plain Macintosh desktop, and the user could fast forward or rewind using the QuickTime controller. Your turn. Even at a suggested retail price of $79.95. Holy shit. This disc version sold amazingly well. Well enough that so-called digital movies remain the largest segment of the adult CD-ROM market. Although some newer releases, such as Playboy's Complete Massage for CDI and Vivid Interactive's The Legend of the Camera Sutra, provide better video quality and each features and such features as chapterization and photo stills, these products don't offer much more than their video counterparts. So why does anyone bother with them? CDI. CDI. Now that's I'm, a blast from the past. I'm on Vivid Entertainment, man. Vivid Entertainment had video games? I knew Vivid Video. I've heard of Vivid Video, obviously. Vivid Interactive. My uh, my college roommate had a Vivid Video uh, baseball cap that he wore to lab. By the way, also making Xbox games. <laughs> <laughs> Xbox or triple Xbox? Triple Xbox, man. My X and A needs some X and play. <laughs> TNA and X and A. Oh, dear. All right, this is fun. This is, um, tell me, Cold, what what uh, magazine is this and what area this is, is it This is Electronic from? Entertainment. Okay. From the... Like I said, it's from August 1994. Mm. I like these pictures. The, uh, you know, FMV looking, you know, basically green screen or they photographed um, models. And to to get the what were what might have been good photographs with a uh, i would call a primitive digital camera but probably pretty good photographs to start to get them into uh, and i'm talking about the raw resolution of the uh the digitized image it's probably okay but to fit it on the monitor they had to do all these dithering things and the 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 color palette's completely restricted and it has that kind of yeah it was back in the day when most people had 16 colors on the screen, and that was it. The, that, right? like, that look um, is really cool. Unless you... Unless okay, you cold acid. Were, it sounds like you're, you you're going like robot mode. For, you went robot mode for a second. It sounded I, I, like you were having cyber sex. Oh, well, you're where better. was I when I was going robot? Uh, you, uh, you could just pick it up where you left off. All right. But yeah, back then, like, you had 16 colors for most people. Uh, a few people might have, like, you know, a uh, a Super VGA card so they could do 640 by 480 with 256 colors. But unless unless you were, like, unless you were, like, rich, you didn't have, you didn't have, like, what was then known as true color, which was only, like, 16-bit where it could be like 555 and one bit ignored or 561 where the green had an extra bit for its channel, right? And 32 bit or well really 24 bit color was essentially unheard of. If you had an extra bit for 5, I'm sorry, I'm I'm very distracted by this color palette. Does that mean making grays are really hard to do? Not really. I mean esen essentially if you did like if you did like a straight like essentially pattern of bits, you would get a gray, right? So okay. So like 
if you still if you still did like I don't know like uh sixteen. 16, 16, it would still look pretty great. Does but, uh, does that extra bit of green, like when you go to full count on your green register, okay, does does it make the pixel just a little brighter than the other one so it's just a little more green, or is it scaled? It's scaled. Ah, it's scaled, shit. I would have liked well, it more I mean, if it was just know, more green. You know, why, you know why they put the extra bit in green, right? Um, because green is a color we're more sensitive to changes in. Exactly. Um, and, and men have a lot of time seeing shades of red, for example, but women seem to have a better, uh, the, their ac- color acuity, uh, for green is very high for red is generally low, but it's better in women than men. Uh, th- there's some details. Hey, we should talk about color theory sometime on this show. We shit. should. I got it's shit been to say a while. Wow. Also, what, looking at the pictures in here, I mean, the one there was this Leisure Suit Larry screenshot that probably based on they probably had a model do a picture and then essentially rotoscoped, right? Yes. The rest of them are actual like photos or video stills. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the ones that aren't from actual games, right? They, they look so nineties, like the. <laughs> The visor hat with the weird, it could be a floral pattern if you squint, but if you look close, it's actually like an um, abstract 90s bullshit pattern. You know the yeah. kind? Like the kind they used to put on cups? I know exactly <laughs> the kind you're talking about. Yes! <laughs> People who didn't see those cups don't know what I'm talking about, but that they were there. <laughs> but yeah, it's cups. like, ama- it's amazing, like, you look... That's the other thing too. Looking at the screenshots for for the stuff that was like on Windows, right? And it's it's the old like Windows three uh, frames, right? It's not it's not like how Windows ninety five had it with the uh, with the icon and the three buttons at the end. No, it's got like the the app icon, the the minus on the left hand side, and the and the like big and small buttons on the on the right hand side of the windows oh man i'm looking at this penthouse interactive game with the chick who's doing the uh the uh workout scene i don't think that's actually a game it's uh it's like you'd get like penthouse video on cd that you could put in your computer and would have like these tiny like i guess like what 180 by something videos that are like that are like not not even got any compression right it's just it's just raw uncompressed avi yeah i think i've got a clip bring your knees and elbows as close to each other as possible yeah that one and then inhale as you slowly return to the starting position yes (laughs) oh no well, uh, no, this no, has been did fun. I, did I ever mention, by the way, that I came across... I don't know where you're going. I'm couple, scared. A couple of uh, ISOs, or ISOs, of pornography for computers of the early 90s. Okay. Uh, there's one Anime Babes disc, which <laughs> came with software on it so that you could run it on Windows, Mac, or Amiga and go through all these, like, digitized hentai. And people, when they saw that disc, you know what they said? Our country is being destroyed. That's what they had to say. 
I'm going to come. Yeah. That's what they had to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have those ISOs or do you want me to change topic? Uh, no, those, uh, those ISOs, ISOs, like, like the, the disk image files. Mm. Oh, ISOs. I, yeah. I understand what you mean. I got excited. You literally mean disk images. Yes, I literally mean disk images. Okay. Well, sexy disk images. <laughs> I've got a, I've got kind of a transfer of energy sort of story. Okay. It's kind of like, um, you know, is it free? Potential? No, it's more like uh, potential energy that's been stored. You know, it's it's hanging out there. So like, it, so like a stretched elastic. It's uh, more like uh, elevated mass in a gravity well uh, becomes, mm, let's see, unleashed and turned into kinetic energy. Ooh. You ready for this? Yes. Dramatic video capturing a huge boulder crashing right through a home in Hawaii, narrowly missing the homeowner inside. The roughly five by five foot rock plowed through the wall of the Honolulu home Saturday night, then hit the family's car, a glass door, and another wall before it landed in the bedroom. Yes, that was five by five foot boulder. Now, if this guy- Hold on, hold on. There's something wrong with that. Well, let uh, me get because, because that that's only two dimensions. Uh, you're not- so, so is it like a fucking cartoon boulder? It's just like this five by five, a circle that's like rolling along and like- This guy needed the spherical cord to transform. He would have been able to did. figure out. He should have said a uh, two and a half foot radius boulder. Yeah, that would that would make more sense. Yeah, or a five known. foot diameter boulder. <laughs> or a five foot diameter boulder. Oh, geez. So no, this is a story from Hawaii where there's a video. Uh, I put the video in my notes. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but that's from Yahoo News. I didn't. There are th these two women are moving into a house. It's a brand new house. They're upstairs, and. Uh, just kind of unpacking stuff. They're going around and right through the middle of the room, like it breaks through the wall on the outside of the house, rolls through the room and like, like crashes through the next wall. And then it crashes into, it, it goes through the wall at the end. It goes through a glass door to get in. It hit their car. And it landed in, that rock landed in the bedroom. Here, listen to the second part of this thing. Carolyn and her family are still moving in. They've only been there for about a week. She says she thinks the boulder came from excavation work that's being done near her property. The city of Honolulu now investigating what went wrong. Yeah, excavation work. Yeah. Okay, you know, you know what the boulder said? Oh, yeah. As it broke through. That boulder, that boulder was looking to go to bed. It was a tired little boulder. Yeah. It just wanted to go to bed. Hold on, hold on. I think I've got a, I think I've got a better one. Uh, no, wait, that's that's not better, is it? Mm. Oh, Bruce. Oh, Jeffrey. Oh, oh yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh boy. <sighs> and of course, tea of murder in the first degree. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love those. Uh, and he just let himself oh, out after that. The fruit punch man. Yeah, yeah, the Kool-Aid man. Kool-Aid man breaking down walls. All right, I got one more thing. I got one more uh, story I want to play out before we, uh, before I'm, before I'm done for tonight. Uh, uh, do I need to? Do I need to put up a certain jingle? Nope, I am delaying that okay. one. Uh, uh, this okay. is this is the last one I want to talk about tonight, and it is. 
The chicken wing crime. <gasps> are you aware? Chicken of the, wing crime. Are you aware of the chicken wing crime? No, I'm not. You no. have a video for this? Uh, there is one in my <laughs> one in my browser. I'll get you a video. Here's the clips. New tonight, a suburban school worker is accused in a bizarre scheme involving more than a million dollars worth of stolen chicken wings. Yes, this is from Chicago. This woman who worked at the school, uh, her job was to order the school lunches and just abused her power to continually order chicken wings after chicken wings, trays till she had over a million and a half dollars worth of chicken wings. That That's she, a lot of chicken wings. She ordered them, she picked them up herself, and no one's sure what happened to them. They don't serve chicken wings in the school district, I found out, because, wait for it, they have bones in them and they think it's unsafe for children, which is a whole different story for that bullshit. Like they don't want to have fucking, children might they might figure Chicago. out they think that oh if there's a bone inside your meat then that's uh, see, dangerous come on you fucking I, I fucks. see there's a photo of the suspect here in your notes it doesn't look like she ate them no it's uh she kind of looks like um Larry Lightfoot's brother I guess I don't, a little bit like that <laughs> but here's the second no, she she looks she looks she looks better than beetlejuice I'll, I'll put it that way maybe the, not by much but but uh let me uh let me play the last part of this 24 seconds this is the wrap-up to the report the woman is the former director of food services at school district 152 in south suburban harvey prosecutors say vera liddell placed hundreds of unauthorized orders from the school district's food vendor including more than 11,000 cases of chicken wings, costing taxpayers $1.5 million. It's not clear what she allegedly did with the chicken wings. The chicken wings, man. What could she possibly have done with those? What would you do with a million and a half dollars worth of chicken wings? A catering company, What obviously. could you do? You, you, you're going to launder those wings. She's fencing you the wings. It would, still take, it would still take some time to cater that many chicken wings. You, she's fencing the wings. Fencing wings, dog. Through That's what who? she's doing. I don't know. Everyone likes chicken wings. Who 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 who's who's the fucking who who who's the fucking what, like, you mean, like the wing fence? <laughs> it's yeah. not that hard. Yeah, who 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 who's Colonel Sanders is like mafia counterpart? <laughs> Colonel Sanders. <laughs> You mean like Don Sanders, you know, it's a uh, Don Sand, Don Sanders, Sandersino or yeah. something. Oh, he gave up the Popeye and he took him on his boat, you know, set up to China. <laughs> <sighs> well, China is like the biggest purchaser of American chickens, I believe. Yeah, you just got to ship him out of the country, man. Well, that's all I got today. I got uh, some podcasts. The only things I got left, I get some podcast rundowns, and we got some boostograms. All right, let's uh, let's start off with those uh, rundowns then. All right, podcast rundowns. Here's your podcast uh, update for this week. We had a hog story on Monday. Had episode three hundred thirty-seven. That was coming to shove. Mm, coming to shove behind the schemes. Also on Monday, had episode one thirty-seven. Elena Moore. And uh, I believe they behind the schemes they had a, uh, a movie producer on. I yeah. they had a interview. He's talking about this movie that they shot during COVID. Is sounds pretty interesting. Uh, the movie itself sounds kind of a fun flick. So 
uh, we tune into behind the schemes to get uh, to get uh, advertised to. I guess it's not an ad. I mean, they're talking to him about how it was made, uh, but it was very good presentation, at least for the uh, the first part that I got to listen to. So, Grumpy Old Ben's episode two hundred eleven, Radio Free Darren. That was earlier today. Did you get to listen at all? I got a couple minutes. No, I did not, sadly. Yeah, that was Pro uh, Pro Go, I think, filled in for uh, for uh, Darren O'Neill, who is uh, absent for a personal reason. And from the beginning, it sounded like a good show. It sounds like between that and Angry Tech News, which Ryan did uh, yesterday, I found out. And I did listen to this morning, by the way, in my shower is where I started. The uh, Lathering up to... To to Bemrose, huh? Lathering up the Bemrose. Uh, he he's been doing that live, and it's it shows. He kicks off Grumpy Old Ben's with uh, some energy that I don't think he would have had if he if he had to do a solo show a year ago. So, I want to congratulate him on that. It sounds like it's sounds like uh, he's improving vastly since he started doing this live uh, show thing. You know where he's doing a solo show for forty minutes and he has to fill all the time. It's not easy to do, Doug. I've done one solo episode of one podcast, and it was a hell of a time. So it was difficult. Yeah, it, without having without having a counterpart, it's it's hard to keep up that uh, it's hard to keep up that energy. I don't know how Darren does it for uh, for random thoughts. I don't know, like I don't know. He's got like cocaine in the blood or something when he's podcasting. <laughs> There's Darren, but, Co- uh, cocaine Darren. That's what we call him. That's. <laughs> That's the O stands for Coke. Why does it start with but O I mean, instead like, of C? Pretty Nobody much knows. All these others. <laughs> but all these all these other podcasts, like all these other all these other like solo casts, right? It just doesn't have the energy to them, right? They they can still be really interesting. I mean, Billy Bones with a walk through the mind, really interesting show. Oh man. But like really low energy in it. Like he like he sounds like he's half asleep uh, in most of the episodes. <laughs> Billy Bones. So I'm sorry. We love I'm, you. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Okay. It's a. It's a good show. It's a good okay. show. But yeah, it doesn't have like the energy of say like Grumpy Old Ben's or us or Wait, No Agenda uh, or uh, Hog Story. Of course, we have a super. Doesn't have somebody to bounce bounce his shit off of. And get, like, all hype with. Of course, we have a super low-energy episode today because he started late and everyone's off kilter. But, uh, no, I, I, I want to plug... We, we've, had, we've, had our, we've had our moments. I want to plug... Even uh, today. Billy Bones came up when I was listening to No Agenda. Uh, one of the... I think it was the most recent episode they had some, like, video advertising a socialist party, and they're talking about how socialism is going to save the world because whatever. Anyway, um... Uh, just curious, do you know the the bit I'm talking about? It's, it sounds vague when I say that, but if you listened to that last episode of No Agenda, maybe it was the one before, they had this clip, and they kept playing it. It was minutes long of, like, the noodle people and the the different yeah, people I, talking yeah, about it. New, I, was going like, I was going, like, when that was happening, Noodle Trek, the next G-Generation. <laughs> okay, that clip. That, that was, yeah, that was Sunday. That was Sunday. That was Sunday. Okay, there's low-level background music in that, that entire clip series that they played, okay? And it sounded to me like Billy Bones' theme song. I got super <laughs> excited because that's what I thought it was. 
<laughs> oh shit! It had the like that be- kind of beepy music in the background, and which is fucking great. By the way, I really like Billy Bones' music. Yeah, I think he has a great intro to his show. He does a walk through the mind, the walk through the mind podcast. Oh dear! Hello, people of the internet. And I, when he ends his show by saying "I love you," it's great. I, it's, it's perfect. I love you too, man. I love, I love you, you too, man. Hello. Oh, he starts with "and." Did you ever notice that he doesn't start with "Hello, no, people"? I he didn't says, "Notice that." Holy I think shit! He, I think he starts everything with "and hello, people of the internet." I think he starts with "and" most of the time. Huh. Yeah, pay, you'll notice that now that I said it. You're gonna notice it next time you listen. Yeah, I'm gonna to notice it every time. I'm gonna like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna listen to the next episode. I'm gonna hear and even if he didn't say it, I'm gonna be like, son of a bitch. And hello, people of the internet. <laughs> I stopped. I so I did that and then I stopped it just because I want to keep that in play. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> All right, uh, my rundown, I got one more thing, which is, uh, no, two more things. Bowl After Bowl, episode 221, Behind My Curtain, and Dad's Anime Podcast, episode 99, which is Winter 2023 Preview. So it sounds like they're Isn't into it. Isn't it a little late for, for, like, the winter season preview, given that we're, like, a month into it already? And I don't know. I, I haven't previewed any anime yet, so I'm... Uh, I, they're ahead of me. Uh, I can't complain. I, I'm, I've, I've got like two episodes to watch either tonight or before work tomorrow, and uh, and then like I'm caught up again on everything. Hmm. Of course, of course, I'm only watching a few series, and I dropped one of them because I wasn't I wasn't interested in uh, gender bender lesbian romance. Hmm. Well, there's a couple things left to do. Uh, all I all I really have is boostergrams. All right, so we did get a couple of them by the look of things. I don't I don't get to see the full amount with Albi. I just see what comes to me. So you'll still have to read out the amounts. But I see this first one came from Booberry early on in the episode. Yep, uh, sixty nine sixty nine sats from Booberry, who says surprising given the message. Yeah. I need a dry pussy to wipe these wet eyes of mine. Attributed to Booberry, January 1st, 2023. Uh, it's an old quote. It's old by now. Yeah. We also got a eight, month old. 8,008 sats. That's uh, 8008 from Sir Spencer. Ooh, titties. Who says, can't hear big tits and not boost. Well, thanks, Spence. Thanks, Spence. And thanks, Booberry, for uh, boosting uh, Boosting twice. He started right at the uh, the beginning. Uh, yeah, he got one in right under the radar. We read him at the beginning. There's a couple other ones yep. I'm not sure what to do with yet. Um, I got some boosts from Podcasting for Value, episode 26, um, from Rasta Clavera, because I think some music that I was uh, credited on showed up on the show, and they put me in the split. So I got a nice. boost that says, and on the 43rd day, there was much rejoicing. I have no idea what the context is. Uh, yeah, I I'm not in the I'm not in the split for that, so I obviously don't see that. Yep. Uh, and one more thing, uh, Ablecraft, I got a necro boost from Hey Citizen. Hey Citizen hangs out here every once in a while. Oh, did you did you do your final episode already? Oh, we did, but I didn't post it. 
Ah, okay. <laughs> Can't wait. He says necro boosting. Can't wait for the final episode to drop. Yeah, it's sitting on my hard drive. I just, I haven't, uh, I haven't felt. I don't even know what my excuse is. I don't even have an excuse. I just didn't want to do it, so I haven't done it yet. It's not posted, but it was recorded. Right, well, maybe take care of it. Maybe take care of it this weekend. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I might be busy this weekend. You don't know. Oh well, then take care of it tomorrow. All right. I don't know. Have we arrived? I've arrived. Uh, yeah, we we've we're past arrival. Yeah, we started 15 minutes late and we're ending 25 minutes late. So, jeez. Yeah, it works out. All right, well, folks, thanks for tuning in. We're gonna uh, make our way out and do the post show after this, so you can always stay tuned if you want to. But until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Yeah, stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down.